it's Monday morning all over again. It's the Monday Morning Marketing Podcast. And we're so thrilled to have you here to join us nice and fresh. Well, hopefully as fresh as a daisy as you can be. Um, but today I'm leading the charge and I am delighted to welcome the incredible and enigmatic, because I've actually spoken to this lady in a Zoom call already, uh, Chris Ward. Chris, tell us, um, where, first of all, where are you based? I'm in Canada. You're in Canada. Yeah. See, this is where I got thrown. I'm, I'm absolutely shocking when it comes to um, international times. And you are the founder of Win the Hour, Win the Day. Um, so tell I us am. about this business. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes people want a little bit of my backstory. Like, how does this happen? Because I think the, the misnomer is somebody looks at you and says, oh, so w- what we focus on is we help entrepreneurs stop working so hard. And we do that because your business should support your life instead of consuming it. And I do it in three areas, team, time, and super toolkits. Now, it's a great question you ask because how do I get into this? So often people just think, oh, like you're efficient or you're organized or all that stuff. And what I would tell you is that works against you because you just keep reorganizing yourself. Hmm. So if you don't mind, Melanie, I'll give you a quick little backstory of how this came to be so you can have a better understanding. Yeah, go ahead. Make sense? Okay. So I started my, as a marketing strategist, my business 12 to 15 years ago. And like so many of you out there, the first couple of years I worked, I worked insane hours. Like my husband used to say, I was always stealing from sleep, getting up earlier and earlier, staying later and later. And I kind of noticed at the two-year mark that I was not as charming as individual that I used to be because I was a little tired and a little rough around the edges. So I thought this cannot go on. Like the people that were cheering me on, supporting me the most, I was, you know, impatient and exhausted and just, you know, not my chipper self as you you say across the pond. And so what happened was I, I really started working, going from 16 hours a day down to six. Now that didn't happen overnight. That's a whole story wow. in itself, but let me move the story forward. So what I would tell you is, you know, luckily I did that because it was a few years after that, that my husband had been diagnosed with colon cancer. And I had been pulled away from the business for about two years. And when I returned after his passing, my existing clients had no idea of my absence. It was not how we navigated his journey. We were very positive in nature. It was not the attention I needed. So the local business community and my clients were shocked. Like how how could they have not known any of this? And so they started to approach me under the capacity of like, you know, life is fragile. And if you could do that, Chris, maybe you could get me to my kids' soccer games. Maybe I could stop working Sundays when everyone's laying around watching TV, right? Have watching a good movie as a family event. So I started working with them under that capacity. And I started to realize that was more and more people out there, you know, that looked good on paper that had been in business like five years and making money. Maybe they had a podcast, they're doing good work, Mm -hmm. but they're still working a lot more hours than they thought they would be at this point in the journey. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. They love what they do, but they're just tired of being tired. And so I believe that you can work school hours and, and really excel your business because it's all about getting ideas to execution. That's all being an entrepreneur is about. Yeah. So I wrote the book and now we've got all different coaching, you know, platforms and we've got this new winner circle that people are really loving. So that's kind of how it all unfolded. Yeah. Wow. That's quite a story. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right. Um, I was a stay at home mom when I first started and I had a choice of being a special needs assistant or making cakes to make money 
And I completely fell into this by accident because um, yeah. I was already doing it for a charity. Um, so it really is weird how we get to where we are. I, d- I don't think anybody really appreciates the <laughs> the winding road that a lot of entrepreneurs take. Um, but it's, it, there isn't a real magic bullet, though. There's no real formula, is there? I think there is. I think it's not that there's a magic bullet. I think what's happened is we have been misinformed along the way significantly, right? So first of all, we were never taught, you know, even if you went to post-secondary school, you were never taught how to manage competing deadlines. You had six or seven professors, you know, you could be, you know, going to school to be a doctor and each professor is telling you like, this is what's important and figure it out. I don't care about the others. And then I also think there's, when I talk to people about, you know, their team and we help them build their win team, their what is next team so they can get to what is next. What happens is so many people hire someone. And then when they hire that person, what happens is they've created a new job because now you're busy, Melanie, you're running around trying to get all this done. You hire someone and now you're leaning over and you're having to check on their work. So it's like a parent, child, teacher, student type situation. Mm -hmm. And that's how the corporate world and everything we've known has been set up, right? You have a supervisor, they check on your work, you repeat the work, blah, blah, blah. Where I believe your team should manage you and it's a complete opposite. And that's how we work with our clients and stuff. So it's not that it's a magic bullet. It's you've been misinformed and sort of taught upside down and backwards in all capacities of your life. So so I think it's better than a magic bullet. It's like, hey, I don't know why they're teaching you that because clearly it doesn't work. That's why you all left a job. Mm-hmm. So there is an easier way for sure. Okay, so... But do you have to be a certain type of business in order to, to, to do this? It, does it only work for services, let's say, or can any business apply this, this rule? That's an excellent question. Yes, any business can. If it's a business, we all think every one of us, I, I read a quote once where if you filled a business, uh, a football stadium full of business owners and asked them to raise their hand and which one thinks their business is different and unique. Like, you know, my business is different. Every one of us would raise our hand, right? So I hear that all the time. Oh, Chris, but you don't understand my business is different. And just last week, I I have a new client in our winner's circle and she had come to me. She's only been with us a month. And so many of our clients tell us that within the first month of working with us, they get 25 hours back a week. And she said, Chris, Oh my heavens, I was away on holidays and normally it would have taken me three weeks to catch up when I came back, which by the way, I call snow banking because you don't actually take a vacation. You clump the work before and after, like you're digging yourself out of a snow bank. And so there's this big bank on one side and the other versus, you know, the snow going away. And she said, Chris, I got 80 hours worth of work done in 40 and I'm not tired. Like this is crazy. I've been doing it wrong all these years. So it really is just a bad formula that we've all subscribed to. That is impressive that 80 80 hours in 40. Wow. Well, because people people don't realize how much time they're wasting. So if I can give you this quick example... And, uh, you know, Esther, I'll, I'll speak to you as well. Every business is so, is so different. I had a, a designer. She's a client of ours. And she came to us. She said, Chris, this is how they all start. Chris, my business is different. You don't understand. When I walk into a house and I see a room, I just see a room, right? A team can't help me even if I had a million dollars. I see a room. I just see stuff. I know where to put it. It's my God-given gift. And I'll hats off to her. She is really good at it. I don't see what she sees. She's right. However, 
even I believe, even if you're a brain surgeon, there's post pre and post work to everything. And there's a lot of copy and paste and redundancy that most people don't see because you connect it to the important work that you're doing. And that's what we do is we sort of break it down. So what happened was we sat down with her, we were working with her and her average appointment was something like between one to two hours. And after working with her a while, we were able to take pieces out of that and say, this doesn't actually need to be done here sitting with the client. And we did all that. And we were able to, as we built her win team and put super toolkits in play, and we'll address what a super toolkit is later. We put super toolkits in play. And then it, we got our appointments down to on average 40 to 55 minutes. So what she did with that was, then she started just having morning appointments with her clients. The afternoon, she in a very short time became a very internationally known speaker on the subject. She just called me last week. She was so excited. She couldn't wait to her this week's strategy call. And she's like, Chris, I am now emceeing this very large home design mega event. It's a three-day event, uh, you know, it's a home show type thing. And she is, of course, has two guest spots, but she'll be introducing big celebrities off American television and stuff like that. So even with her, where she thought her work was very different, we were able to do that. And that's the magic of it is everyone just thinks the bloody knuckles, the grinding it out. Listen, you didn't start a business just to run a business. And if hard work was the answer, you'd be where you want to be by now. Yeah, I, I totally. love that. I didn't just start a business to run a business. I think that's brilliant. It's true, though. It is. It is. <laughs> and we do fall into the trap of, well, only I know how to, I, want, I want it to be done. Only I know how to get from A to B. Only I know. And we forget that, okay, so there's the pre-A <laughs> and there's the post-B. So I think it's really, you know, I, I personally do have a team with me, but there are still things that I just won't let go of, <laughs> which I probably should. Well, it is kind of like saying what we work, we definitely work with people who have a team and it's kind of like saying, well, I already have a car and you say, well, okay, you know, let's, can we make that car more fuel efficient? You know, what, what can we do to in, uh, increase the life of that vehicle or make it more comfortable, right? Um, make it get places without any hiccups because we definitely work with people with teams. People come to us all the time with teams and say, look, I'm still my team. They're wonderful people and they do as I ask. But what we are all about is that they should be managing you. Did you raise your hand, Melanie? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, one, one thing I forgot I neglected to mention is that when um, Esther and I are in here, we both have points to say. We try and put our hands up so that one of us gets permission to speak first and whoever gets Okay. <laughs> Then I'll not act yeah. like I'm the teacher, but I didn't know if it was for me. <laughs> so. No, no, no. That's that's. Go cool. ahead. Um, so no, what I wanted to ask is, obviously you've got a structure like a framework that people can mm -hmm. use for every type of business, um, and they'll obviously pay for your services. But do they have to pay for platforms um, to help them do it, or is it something you provide for them? That's a fantastic question. So what I would argue is. Almost any tool, like, listen, here's the thing with tools. The best tools in the world used by the most successful people in the world, millionaires, they are usually free or next to free, right? And we get this whole thing all the time where people will say, well, Chris, what apps do you use? What this? That's not it. You know, adding automation, people get confused with automation. You can say, let's think about like a factory. If you can imagine a factory and you say, okay, we're going to produce this many widgets. And all of a sudden we build a machine and say, well, great, we don't need 20 people to make the widgets. And we out now have this machine. 
but you need somebody to supervise that machine or else you come back two weeks later and go, oh, the belt broke on this three weeks ago. We didn't know anything about it. So automation can expedite some things that your team does. But even in that, anything that you're going to use as a tool, you should be able to learn in five minutes. You should be able to teach your grandmother and it should really be free or next to free, right? I no longer say a five-year-old because they are smarter than all of us, right? But, but what I would say is the most powerful tools in the world are free because they're globally used by everybody and they will make purchases or, or sell you in other ways. So it's not about if you work with us, then you have to buy all these things because if you had to do that, listen. All you're doing then is saying money can solve any problem. We already know that, right? So this isn't a, oh, if you had enough money, you could solve this problem. This is a reorganizing and being more efficient with your energy and making you, you should constantly be in creation mode. We believe in what we call the win formula. You should be in 60% execution mode because ideas to execution is all that makes an entrepreneur successful. It's not about repeat work because that's a job and we all had those. So you should be in execution mode 60% of the time. So too should your team, because as you take on a new ambition, whatever that next thing is, they need bandwidth in their work to keep up with you. So it's not about buying apps or anything. We do lean heavily into what we call super toolkits. Um, people sometimes confuse that when they don't know like a standard operating procedure, but standard operating procedures are written not by the end user, end user. they're static in nature and they're usually just to cover liability. No, I, I'm totally behind you there with the free or next to free. We totally yeah. advocate that as well. It's like if you can yeah, find she's, something she's that's free. <laughs> and well, we've also recommended stuff to Melanie that she's been paying for extortionately and then goes, oh, I can sure. get that for free. She didn't drop me in it. <laughs> well, it's something that we like to share with our clients as well. You know, why pay for something whenever you can get almost we'll get exactly lifetime the deals same, or lifetime, lifetime deals. deals as well and almost exactly yeah. the same yeah it might not be all the bells and whistles but you don't need all the bells and whistles either because that's just going to confuse you no and even all that there's sometimes yeah you do buy into something and that's what i felt you know pray too many years ago when i was in what i still call my dark years and i would buy some sophisticated software that they promised me after hundreds of dollars in three months i'd finally learn how to use it well who had the time to figure all that out right so what I, when I'm showing my clients different tools, every time it's like, they're like, oh my gosh, you just changed my life in two minutes. And that's, it's not often the tool, but how you use the tool, right? Yeah. So there's little things like that. And that's also why we talk too about your team is, you know, we want your team, like, here's a quick example, because this is all about the 60% execution mode. I have a podcast, When the Hour, When the Day, and we just talk about general business stuff. It could be anything from sales to social media, whatever. And we were all excited. We were like, okay, we're getting close to 200 five-star reviews. Great. You can put something up on social media. That's what we're all supposed to do. Blah, blah, blah. And then someone on my team came to me and said, Chris, I found this website and look, we had 954 five-star reviews because we were only looking at one platform like Apple. And we're like, I didn't know all these other places. There was places I didn't even know exist. So first of all, just so you know, I'm a very flawed human being. The first thing I thought was, oh, we're so close to a thousand. Why are we not there? <laughs> it's like I went from 200 and still, still not happy enough. Right. But, and it wasn't just us that didn't know this website. Cause then I went into different communities online, LinkedIn, Facebook, and I said, Hey, do you guys know about this? And then I was everybody's hero. And the reality was she brought that to me because of the way we're set up. 
she mm -hmm. set up to have things to manage me. The bandwidth, her execution mode of 60% is there. The super toolkits support her being able to do things that normally we take 12 steps, get down to eight. We're always perfecting what we do and saying, we don't need to do this in this many steps here. Here's another way. And so that's how we operate. I'm not steering the ship. They are the sails, the sail to the sort of the sailboat that allow me to go really fast, not having to look back at the map. So we definitely work with people like yourself, uh, Esther, that, you know, have a team, but can we get more mileage? Can they all, you know, can you get that 80 hours worth a week into 40? And more importantly, them having fun with clear mindedness and leaving work fresh and starting refresh tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people sort of go, right, well, if I'm not exhausted by the end of a Friday yes. afternoon, then I haven't done anything. I haven't worked. Yes. <laughs> and that, that was hard for me in the beginning. And it's hard for a lot of my clients. There's a, there's, and I remember saying to my mom one day, who knew I'd have to learn not to work so hard? Like, this is nuts, right? But what happens is you are so used to that. And it's like a little addict. And I have to talk to my clients about that where they'll say, well, you know, I got so much done today. And then at five o'clock, they still feel so good. So they think, well, I still feel so great. Why don't I stay a little extra hour? Well, the, and then so to that unravels. So we have to teach them more and more is like the job was never meant to be you work till you fall over because mm -hmm. the human brain, your anything invented in the history of mankind came from times of relaxation or play when the brain is rested. And that's how you create and that's how you problem solve and do your best work. So this idea of running around multitasking, working really hard works against what you're supposed to be doing as an entrepreneur, which is creating. And um, earlier on this week, I put up a post about looking up for webinar names and um, a couple of suggestions came through. And one of them was people are the pipeline. And you know, that, that pretty much sums up what you're doing there. I, mean, I know it's, it's not just for teams, um, but you're kind of helping people also manage their staff as well as their time. Um, do you help them create goals as well? Listen, so I really don't, I mean, I do help them. I wouldn't use the word manager team. I help them lead their team so their team can lead them. My goal, and I assure you that I achieve this every day, is to be the dumbest person in the room. Just recently, <laughs> recently, I we were diving much more effectively into keywords. So I was, we were on this conference call with Sam Rush, and we're really ma being, making our blogs more purposeful. Now, let me tell you this story. Moira, who is new with us, Moira has only been with us about six weeks. She started right before Christmas. Why she started was... Kazel, who works with us and lives in the Philippines, she suddenly with COVID and all that's going on, got approved to go to school in Canada when two weeks notice. So now all of a sudden, now to be fair, we were kind of looking at Kazel's job saying she's really grown a lot and maybe she needs a junior helper with, with more repetitive tasks because Kazel's really become a, a creator. And so we were looking at that anyhow, but it all happened really quickly. So we had to hire someone for our team. We hired Mora. This was like two, three weeks before Christmas. At this same time, I was called in and asked as a favor to replace somebody in a speaking gig that had pulled out. It was a four-hour presentation. And they wanted something very specific. So I had to edit my existing presentation. I looked at my calendar. I moved things around. I really had two days to start from scratch with the slides and everything. Now, no four-hour presentation, if you can do the math, even if I went through it twice, that's eight hours. So I didn't have much time. So it's right before Christmas. Case was moving to Canada. We hire Mora. 
Kazel has her trained in up to 80% capacity in two weeks. I never met Kazel Mora once because I was busy because we have these super toolkits. Cut to now this week, Mora is on a call with me on SEMrush because we're going to start learning much more effectively how to use keywords in our blogs. I'm sitting in this call. I said to Mora last week, you're going to be on this call with me, do some research online with YouTube, figure that what enough to know to ask some basic questions. I kid you not, I'm sitting in this call. Have you ever been as a child where you're sitting in a room, like a room full of adults, and you know that they're having an adult conversation you shouldn't interrupt? Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I look like. I have it on video, right? And this isn't because I'm so dumb and she's so smart. It's because we have these super toolkits in play that expediates everything. So what I would tell you is it, it really does more than me managing them. It accelerates them so that they surpass me in their area and they just try to keep me up with it. Chris, I know all the stuff about SEMrush. All you need to know is here's the 10 words I, and here's why I think you should use them, but you don't have to worry about the, the engine under the hood. You just have to know how to turn the car on. Yeah. Having said that, coming back to your question, Melanie, I really don't think any entrepreneur needs to be told or encouraged to have goals. Most of them have more ideas than they can implement. And in fact, they've learned to push them down. If I was having a strategy call with you, gifting you a free strategy call, and we talked a little bit about that, one of the things I would say to you is, I want you to start, open your phone, and every time you think of something where you said, oh, you know, I always wanted to do that, but I knew I couldn't even think of that right now because I got this thing, you know, whatever. I, I, you have all these dreams and little things you wanted to have an impact on your audience and your work, and you've been suppressing them because you just know how frustrating and painful it is that you can't get to them. So I've, I, I get annoyed when I see these things online about motivation. No entrepreneur needs to be motivated. They just can't get out of their own way and they're exhausted. Yeah, no, I totally agree. That. Like, um, I wouldn't personally, you know, going back to the car analogy, I wouldn't open the bonnet or the hood, whatever, wherever you're from, whatever you call it, and yeah, yeah. tinker with the engine. <laughs> I know my limitations, but I think whenever yeah. we're thinking of our own business, we don't put those same limitations in place. Because it's our baby, it's our, you know, we're the ones that came up with the idea and we're the ones, we're the only ones that can help our baby grow. You know, I think that's where we have to get out of our heads. Well, then you become what I call a sufferpreneur. It's not a business. You're self-employed and you're a sufferpreneur. So I had somebody on my show and his father was a very sought after carpenter. He made tables that were worth thousands of dollars and people were on a waiting list for like six months. And when he retired, he, you know, he had, he had no super toolkits in play. He wasn't able to transfer anything and he just closed the barn door and then he's selling things like a used hammer. That's it. So all those years and the reputation and the finances he brought into the household were just done when he retired. And that's what happens. It's not even what about retirement? You think that will never happen to me. I'm never going to age. What if you slip on the ice and hurt your arm or anything, Right. Life has interruptions. And so you really, unless the business can generate work and income without you, it's really not a business. You have paid a lot of money to be self-employed. And frankly, you probably would have been better off with the job because you would have less overhead. And better health insurance. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. yes. Yeah. You know, it, it means so much when somebody can say it is possible to make less is more a reality. You know, it would be so nice for our startups and our scale-ups who are listening here 
to know that there is an opportunity um, a strategy a framework whatever you want to call it a book <laughs> um, that can help you really make this happen so how do how do we get hold of you chris where's the best yeah. place to reach you you can reach out to me on any of the socials. One of my favorite places to hang out is LinkedIn. Um, or, you know, for your listeners, I got a little special presence called uh, www.freegift.gift from Chris, K-R-I-S.com. And I put something special in there just the other day, free audio version of my book. And we're still charging for that, so <laughs> it won't be there very long. <laughs> so you can check that out, freegiftfromchris.com. And yeah, I just... It, I, it breaks my heart because the people I work with are the last to bed and the first up and, you know, you're just racing life against that. I mean, I call myself a recovering rushaholic, but um, you're just racing life against trying to get that last email in one more thing. And I'm here to tell you, you know, in the winner's circle, it's, I guarantee you'd love it. It, it. There's an easier way and business should be fun and it, it should support your life, not consume it. Amen to that. Mm, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Amen. There's been so hallelujah moments today. <laughs> it really has. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, Chris, for, for taking the time out to speak to us. Um, and Esther, you have to book international calls from now on because I'm abysmal at working out times. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll we'll hope to uh, hope to get you back on again, and next time we might be able to actually tell you how we're getting on. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, we uh we could talk. I mean, we have not even scratched the surface. I could talk to you, even what your time bank account, which is your calendar. There's so much we can more we talk about. So yeah, I am here at your service to help people because business should be fun. And with that, we'll be back next week with more Monday morning marketing. Until then, bye bye.